brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older, or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history, so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. If you haven't heard about Anchor by Spotify, it's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need in one place. I knew I wanted to make a podcast. I even knew what I wanted to talk about. I was a mom and I had extra mom advice to give. I wanted a way to reach as many listeners as possible and share some extra love and support, but I had no clue how to get started. I was afraid it required a lot of equipment, a lot of time to create the episode, and then you had to edit the episode, and then how did you put it on different platforms? I didn't even know where to start. Thankfully, I found Anchor. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast from your phone or your computer. I record my episodes from my dining room table using a microphone and my iPad. I have recorded in my car using my phone, the quality is great, it's easy to do, and that way if you're out and about and an episode hits you, you can record right there. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. So you're not just recording and having your episodes heard on Anchor. It's so easy to then take your podcast episode and put it out on all these other platforms. So no matter how your listeners want to listen to you, they can find you without any problems. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And if you're like me and not great with technology, Anchor is so easy to use. And best of all, Anchor's free. All I use is the equipment that I already had at my house and the Anchor app. So download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That's A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M. I talk in my episodes about making plans. It makes things easier, takes some stress off. So step one, 
if you decide you want to make your own podcast, which I know you can do, is decide what you want to make the podcast on. But step two is download the Anchor app. Hello, and welcome back to Petals of Support. This is Mama D. Before I get started with tonight's episode, I wanted to remind everyone that I will be a guest on the Unfiltered podcast. I talked about this podcast last week, and we are recording tomorrow night, and they release their episodes on Wednesday. So if you get a chance, please listen, because I'll be on there. I must admit, I'm nervous. I have never been a guest on a podcast, so that's got got me a little nervous and I've actually never met these guys uh, in person we've talked on Twitter and they are really nice and I know that we're going to have a really good time we're going to laugh it's going to be a lot of fun but just like everything that's new it's scary and I am very nervous about it so send me some good thoughts that everything goes well Tuesday night when we record and then at the end of this episode I have actually included the promo for their podcast so write the name down and definitely check them out prior to Wednesday but then please listen on Wednesday hear how we do and I'm excited to listen to see how it all goes. I'm excited to see what we talk about. Who knows what we're going to talk about. As for tonight's episode, if you did not listen to my episode last week on advice for new parents, this is the second part of it. And you might, if you didn't listen to it, you might want to or after this one, because it will kind of explain how I am giving advice to new parents. And I often say new moms but really this could be dads grandparents anyone it's just more advice it doesn't have to be necessarily for little ones it could be any age I'm sure you could probably tweak this advice and apply it however you need to but advice for new moms I am not going to sit here and tell you that you should put your child on a sleep schedule I am not going to tell you whether you should breastfeed or bottle feed, whether you should use cloth diapers or store-bought. I am not going to tell you if your child should go to preschool or what age they should go to kindergarten. I'm not going to give you advice on sports that they should be in, at what age they should start, how many playgroups they should be in, how much extra stuff that they should do outside of school. I can't give you that advice because I'm not an expert. And I can only give you advice based on my experiences. Yes, I raised two boys. My husband and I did. And I think we did a really good job, but we didn't do perfect. No one can be perfect. And my advice or what my experiences are is based on raising these two kids with my husband in the family dynamic that we have. I can't give you advice for what's going on for you. You need to decide what is good for you and your baby in your family situation. I'm not an expert. I would never claim to be an expert. And I'm sure that if you were to ask my kids right now, they tell you sometimes that we have messed up. If you ask them 5, 10, 15, 20 years from now, I am sure they will give you examples of times that we could have handled things better. I could tell you times that my parents could have handled things better and how that affected me. 
in the end, though, we are all just doing our best. And I know you're doing your best. So I'm not going to sit here and tell you what you should do with you and your baby and your family. Those are those personal choices that you need to make with the help of your pediatrician and any support system you have around you that might know what's going on in your world. That doesn't mean I don't have advice to give, because if I didn't, this would be a really, really short podcast episode. But this advice is more general. These are just little pieces of advice that I would suggest to any new parent. And the first is find a really good support system. Now, I know I talk about support systems, and usually that is your family and your friends. This is going to be a new one. This is going to be people who can relate to what you're going through. I'm never going to tell you to not hang out with your friends who maybe don't have kids. You need to always keep those connections, especially if they're positive and they're helpful to you. You need to remember who you were before you became a mom, before you had this family. You need to remember who you and your husband were before you became a family. So keep those connections. They can be a little harder to keep than they were before because you're going to be more tired. It's going to be a little harder to schedule nights out or going out and doing really fun adventures on a weekend, but try, even if it ends up being lunches and those lunches end up just being once a month or twice a month or whatever works for you and your friends, make sure you keep those going because they're so important, but you want to have a new support group. And these will be the people who really do understand they don't have to do things the same way you do. No one will because you're doing what works for you and your baby in your family. But it helps to have people who understand that your idea of going out might be a trip to the park and you might sit and talk about mom things. And that's okay. Maybe you won't get a deep connection with these people. Maybe you will. I have some great friends from my mom group days. Some not, but they all served a great purpose in giving me support and giving me the confidence I needed because sometimes you just need somebody to tell you that you're doing a good job. And that's what these moms should do for you. And then, of course, you should do that back for them. And again, they might not understand why you do things the way you do, but they need to support it just like you need to support them. An example is when my youngest son or my oldest son was born, my husband switched from working first shift to working third. And he has since worked third shift this entire time we're going on, you know, almost 20 years of him working third shift. And at first, after I had my son, it wasn't that odd. He, you know, the baby was sleeping all the time. He would spend time with him when he was home. It worked out really well on the weekends because he would work Monday through Friday. So he would try to keep that schedule on the weekends to make Mondays a little bit easier for himself. So I was that woman who was going to the grocery store at 11 o'clock at night because he was up. And if the baby needed something, he was there to take care of him and allowed me to have that little bit of time by myself going to the grocery store. Because if you've ever taken kids to a grocery store, even when they're little, it, it adds a layer of stress. So I would do my shopping on the weekends and he would stay home with with our baby. Then my son got older, two, three, four. So before he would go to kindergarten and I realized that my husband really was not getting much time with him. So on the weekends, he would put him to bed 
And the bedtime creeped later and later. And then I noticed that it wasn't just bedtime. They would play games. They would get a snack together. And it was getting really late. Like I'm talking one, two in the morning. Well, that is what my husband's schedule was. And if he wanted to spend time with our child, he needed to stay up later. So while most people had these children that went to bed at like eight o'clock and got up at six in the morning, my son would sometimes go to bed at two in the morning and sleep until 10, 11 o'clock in the after, or in the, you know, in the morning. And I know that some people thought that that was odd. And I remember having a long conversation with his pediatrician and explaining that, yes, when my son was ready to go to kindergarten, of course, we would adjust the schedule to be more, you know, what was normal for most people. But right now, what was important was for my son to have that time with his dad, because my husband would come home from work on a, you know, Tuesday and he would eat breakfast and then he'd go to bed and he would sleep during the day. So he was getting up when most people would be putting their child to bed and they would have no time together. And this allowed them to bond. And yes, when my son went to kindergarten, we did adjust things and we had to kind of figure out a new way of them having a relationship. And then I had my second son. And as I've spoken before, my youngest is not, was not a fan of anyone but me, but he still needed that time with his dad. So sometimes that was after my oldest went to bed, we would spend time together, the three of us, and it worked for us. It wouldn't work for somebody else. And I just made sure that those people who surrounded me understood why, even though I didn't really have to explain it to them, I just needed them to not judge what worked for our family. And I found a good group of people who did. They, you know, made sure that if we were going to get together and do something, they never, we never did breakfast because we got up later than they did. It was always a late lunch or maybe an early dinner. And they respected that. And I really appreciated that because it made me feel like I wasn't making a bad choice, even though I knew I was making the right choice for me and my son and my husband. So the next piece of mom advice for a new parent is if someone offers you help, take the help. I understand pride. I understand sometimes it is embarrassing to feel like you need help. We all want to be these strong people who can hold it all together. Maybe you saw your parents do that or you've seen people, TV, movies, and the parents don't ever seem to need help. But it is okay to need help. And my goodness, if someone offers it to you, take the help. If they offer to come over and bring you meals that you can freeze and then warm up, take the food. If they offer to go do your grocery shopping for you, you know, you call in your order and they just pick it up, take take the offer. If they offer to come over and hold your baby so you can sleep or shower or maybe do some things you want to do, have them come over. Put them in a chair, give them the baby, and they will be happy for hours. I would love to come over and hold your baby. You just need to give me a chair, a drink, and the baby. And then you go and do what you want to do because I haven't held a baby in a while. And I would love to do that for somebody. Going along with that, though, is if someone makes an offer that you don't feel comfortable with, 
you are the parent and you are allowed to have lines. You're allowed to have lines that you do not feel comfortable with someone crossing. Maybe it's that you don't know the person and they offer to come over and hold your baby so you can do things and that just doesn't feel good to you. You're not comfortable with that. That's okay. There's other things you could maybe ask them to do because really what they're doing is offering to help you. They're probably trying to think of if it was me, what would I ask somebody to do or need someone to do that would make my life easier? I know that I had a friend that got hurt and that's immediately what I thought of. When I called and offered to help her, I was trying to think what would I need someone to do if I was in that position because I was in that position when I was hurt and here was things that really helped me out. And if she had said, you know what, I don't need you to do that, but you could do this, I would have been fine with that because in the end, I just wanted to help. I was just trying to think of something to offer to do. So if you don't like the offer, for another example is I probably would not be comfortable with someone coming over and doing my laundry for me. I just don't really feel comfortable with that. So if someone called and said, can I come over and help you? Can I do your laundry for you? I'd probably say, oh, don't worry about that. You know, we've got that covered. But something you could do is come over and sit and talk to me. I'm lonely. We'll put the baby in, you know, I'll hold the baby or we'll put the baby in a bassinet. We'll get some tea and we can sit and just talk. You can catch me up on things because I'm missing some adult conversation. Very simple. They get to come over and see the baby, which trust me is also what they want to do. They want to help you, but boy, they want to see that baby. And then you get the interaction that maybe you're missing. If you have a lot of people who are offering to help, make a list. Just something that if someone called and offered, you could say, well, I don't need that, but I could need, you know, could use this. You're not putting the person out if they've already offered to come over and help. Now, yes, if you were to say, I don't really need help with that, but will you drive four towns over and pick this up? That's probably pushing it a little bit. But if they're already offering to come to your home and you just need somebody to put your dishes away, if you just need someone to vacuum for you, maybe you need somebody to run your child to school or pick up your child, your other one that's a little older, ask. All you have to do is ask if someone offers. And again, take the help. It is so helpful to take the help. Trust me, don't carry the burden if people are asking if you could use a little extra help. And there's nothing wrong with that. And again, file it away. You can help them in the future. If that makes you feel a little bit more comfortable taking the help or asking for help, you can pay it back whenever you have that opportunity or they need it third piece of advice is to follow your gut. You know your baby. So if you have any concerns about the health of your baby, the well-being of your baby, you are that baby's advocate. So you need to feel comfortable speaking up. Even if months later, weeks later, you look back and think, well, I really cannot believe I called the doctor about that. That is okay. Trust me when I say you're not the first person who's probably called with that question. It is okay. You're learning. And if you are worried about something being wrong, ask about it. 
That is what the pediatrician's for. That is what your OB is for. That is what a nurse practitioner or just a nurse. Often, I know with my son's doctor, I call and there is a nurse on call and a phone nurse. So I can ask them questions that I might have and they can tell me whether they think he needs to be seen by the doctor or if it's something that we should just give it a little bit more time. The older my kids have gotten, of course, the we've seen a lot. I, I always say this is not my first rodeo with a lot of these things. I know what pink eye is. I know what strep throat is. I know all these things. So I'm often calling going, he's got this, we need some medicine. But there's sometimes things just pop up that you're like, I don't know what that is. And there is nothing wrong, even with my son being the age he is, for me to call and ask the nurse on call if we should see a doctor over it. And if you are worried that you're not being heard, go to the next. Because sometimes that mom gut or that parent gut is being is ignored. And you need to be that advocate. And remember that you know, sometimes we're not heard the first time. Sometimes we need to say it a couple times. Sometimes we need to say it to different people until we are heard. And if in the end you were worried and you didn't need to be worried, that's okay. It's not really great to worry when you don't need to worry, but we do it. But at least you know that it was something that is not something to be so worried about. But keep speaking up. If it's a behavior, if you see a behavior that you're a little concerned about, Talk to your pediatrician. Keep track of things. I think that the best thing to do, especially if you're concerned about a child being sick or behavior, is to keep a running list. If it's something that you're noticing a lot, maybe it is vomiting. Maybe it is something with diarrhea. Maybe it is actually a behavior that they're doing and you're thinking they seem to do that more. They scream more or they won't do this or they won't do that. Start making a list because nothing is better than actually having information when you call the doctor's office. You can say, this is what I've noticed. I've written it all down. It's not just me trying to remember in the moment what I have seen. I have it all written down. Go with that. And then also always take a piece of paper with you or have a little notepad or use your phone to keep track of what the doctor says, what the doctor asks. So then you can start looking for those behaviors or watching to see if maybe the medicine is working that they put your baby on because he keeps pulling his ears. Does that stop or is there an ear infection still there? So always advocate for your baby and then the next point, and this is a very important one, is advocate for yourself. You're going to struggle. You're going to be tired. You are going to have mom brain, parent brain. I can think of so many times when I would put things away wrong because I was not getting a lot of sleep. So my husband would come home and my favorite one for some reason is that I would make my coffee, which didn't seem to help me much, but I love to put the creamer back where the mugs were. So I would get a mug out, I would pour my coffee, I would get the creamer out of the fridge, I would pour the creamer in my coffee and then put the creamer in the cabinet with the mugs. He would come home and he would take the creamer out and put it back in the fridge. I'm assuming creamer doesn't go bad because I never got sick from it, but I would think that you, eventually you'd think I'd catch on to that. No, that just seemed to be what I would do. There 
or those struggles. I was emotional, especially with my second one. And I think it was because, as I mentioned in the other episode, it was what they considered a traumatic birth. And my body just didn't handle it well. And I think because he was early and I wasn't prepared, you're never prepared, but I was really not prepared for the way any of it went. It it was just, it was a lot. I was emotional and more so than I was with my oldest son. I had some tears. I had some moments where I was not prepared for you have the baby and you don't get your body back right away. I don't know what I was thinking. I thought that I'd look in the mirror and I would look like I did before I had before I got pregnant. That's not what happens. There's work involved. And I knew that, but I don't think I was ready for that right after I had my first son. So there was some crying. But with my second son, it was a lot more. I would cry all the time. I felt very useless. I felt like I was not doing things correctly. And I really think that a lot of it was having the birth the way I did, but it was also because I couldn't feed him. And since I wanted to breastfeed and I couldn't, I felt like a failure. Again, not that you're a failure if you don't breastfeed, but when it was what you wanted to do and your body won't let you, one of the feelings that came through me was feeling like a failure. And I cried about it often. And I know I wasn't helping him out. And as I mentioned, he only liked me. So when I'm a crying mess, I'm not really very helpful to him. So I reached out to my OBGYN and I told her the feelings I was feeling. And she was wonderful at talking to me, finding me someone to talk to. And I was able to kind of start seeing things a little clear. And by it, it took me a little bit, but I was able to kind of get myself back to where I was healthy again mentally and physically. So there's nothing wrong with admitting that you're just not doing the best. And it's not just being tired. It's not just being hungry. I was hungry a lot. It's not just feeling like overwhelmed because I would sit there and I had, you know, a kindergartner and then I had this baby and my house looked like it looked like people lived there. That's the best way to describe it. And I was trying to keep up with things, but I just wasn't. And I had help. And I think part of the problem is no one ever stepped up and said, we're having to help you a lot. Do you need to talk to anyone? But I am glad that I advocated for myself. And I called my doctor and said, this is what's going on. And she talked to me. And again, we put together a plan and it worked for me. So there's nothing wrong with calling someone. There's nothing wrong with reaching out to a support system, whether it is a support system of moms, whether it's the support system you had before you got married, whether it is your family, whomever you feel comfortable reaching out to and saying, I need some help. Could you help me find help? Or could you talk to me? And really as wonderful as these support people are, you do need to find someone maybe who is a professional who can really help you find what you need to focus on, help you with some coping skills and talk to you and help you see things again a little more clearly because I know I wasn't. I know that I was feeling like a useless failure of a mom. And once I was able to work through that, I realized that, yeah, 
I, I'm not perfect by any means, but I'm doing the best I can. And we're all alive and we're all making it day by day. And yeah, sometimes the house looks like a lot of people live here. Sometimes we're wearing clothes that are out of season because I didn't get laundry done, but we're going to be inside. So if we wear shorts in the middle of winter, so be it. We're not leaving the house. So you just kind of need to advocate for yourself. Please do that. Please don't suffer in silence. Be your voice and reach out to someone who can hear you and get that help because you are going to do great, but you got to be good yourself. You've got to be strong yourself. You've got to be clear yourself. So then you can keep doing great. So there are some pieces of mom advice for a mom. I hope that that helps. If you have any that you would like me to pass on, please, please reach out. You can email me. It's petals.s at AOL.com. That's P-E-T-A-L-S dot S at AOL.com. You can find me at Twitter. It's at Petals of Support. In the show notes, there will be the name of the podcast I'm going to be on, the Unfiltered Podcast. And also there are some links if you'd like to support my podcast. I would love that. And again, please listen to the promo and give the Unfiltered Podcast a listen on Wednesday. And if you have any feedback, reach out to me, let me know. And also if you have any topics you'd like me to discuss, I would love to hear from you. Love you all. If you haven't checked out the Unfiltered Podcast yet, we talk about a variety of subjects. Sometimes we talk about helping the world. So in very real purposes, am I the only one on this call who would use $600 million to help the world in some way? Sometimes we talk about religion. This guy has more hits than God. Are you saying Jesus Christ can't hit a curveball? Sometimes we even give relationship advice. How you doing, good looking? <laughs> <laughs> what do you got underneath that habit? But all the time, it is backed with a full load of nonsense. <laughs> Sounds like it's a pretty Merry Christmas in Mexico. Uh, arriba, arriba. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so come on over and have some fun with St. Joe, Biebs, and me, the Keb, on the Unfiltered Podcast. A new episode every Wednesday, available wherever you download podcasts. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.